Hello, and welcome back to Grateful Gwenna. Thanks for joining us. As always, I hope you and your loved ones are safe. If not, please don't hesitate to call the National Center for Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Today's topic is going to be extremely short and brief and a little off topic of what I usually post about. Um, it is based on a book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. And we're going to talk about the five love languages briefly this morning. Um, and of course, in the case of abuse, uh, I'm going to be very blunt with my opinion here. Nothing's ever good enough. So if you're being abused, um, this is not going to help um, or most likely not going to help or it might help temporarily during the honeymoon phase when your abuser has calmed down and it's in that, you know, cycle of it's calm right now until the tension starts building again, unfortunately. So this um, episode or podcast episode is more for healthy relationships healthy marriages and healthy partnerships. But um, in his book, Gary Chapman, uh, called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, um, he talks about how most of us have a primary love language. And there are five main ones, um, not in any particular order, acts of service, gift giving, quality time, physical touch, and words of affirmation. And um so I actually saw um, a TikTok this morning that inspired me to create this podcast episode real quickly before I go to work this morning. Um, and it, this TikTok was a, a young man posting about things that upset someone who has um, acts of service as a primary love language. Well, I can relate to that because um, my fiance has that as his main love language. So I can kind of relate to a little bit, actually a lot to what he was saying. Um, so someone who has acts of service, um, he was saying that they were there were these different things. Um, made me think of some things. So he says, these are turnoffs if you have the acts of service love language. And he says, when they wait for you to do the task before offering help, when they break commitments and don't follow through on promises, when they're messy and create even more work for you, when they're unwilling to help or constantly ignore your requests, when they act burdened if you remind them to do their part, when they keep score just to tell you what they've done for you, when they never take initiative. So that's why he was saying, you know, that those things um, bother him because his love language is acts of service. And that is understandable. But it made me think, you know, if we're acting in love like Jesus commands us to, 
And we know that our partner's love language, primary love language is a certain one. Shouldn't we be trying to act in that love language instead of expecting them to act in our love language? Now, obviously, we can't always be the one on the giving end because that's not a healthy relationship either. However, I personally feel like we should be looking to the interests of others above our own like it commands us and tells us in Philippians. And it's made made me start thinking, what if your love language is words of affirmation and your partner or your husband's is acts of service? If that's the case, your husband's probably cleaning for you. He's probably running errands for you. I don't know, different things he might be doing for you, like mowing the lawn, maybe doing the dishes, doing the laundry, um, picking up your medication from the pharmacy. Um, I'm thinking some of these things are things my fiance had been doing for me as well. You know, that's their love language. It's acts of service. And, you know, I feel like they love it when you ask them to do something for you. And that's great. You know, but then they start speaking to you in their love language and it doesn't mean as much to you. It's you're grateful and you appreciate it, but it's not quite as meaningful to you because it's not your primary love language they're speaking in. So what if um, he has, what if your partner or your husband, your spouse has acts of service as their love language, primary love language, but it's not yours. What if yours is words of affirmation, for example? Well, that's one of mine, actually. Um, and so with, with words of affirmation, the same applies. It can feel extremely detrimental and hurtful to your feelings if, although your spouse is doing all these acts of service, not only are they not saying anything positive to you or telling you good things about yourself and your relationship with them, but especially if they're criticizing you on top of it all the time, or it seems, excuse me, it seems like pretty often, you know, um, for someone with words of affirmation as a love language, it really affects us deeply when someone says anything negative, at least for me, it like, I know that I know my identity in Christ. I know who I am in Jesus Christ. But the fact that my love language is words of affirmation, um, it can affect me deeply when someone, especially someone I care about, um, someone who loves me and is supposed to love me and treat me with love, if they are constantly pointing out my character flaws. I know what my character flaws are. (laughs) I don't need anyone to remind me of that. And, um, you know, it used to be, I mean... The way I was raised, um, a lot of my family members, all they would ever do is point out everything they thought was wrong with me. And so for years, I I struggled and I battled with self-esteem issues because all I heard was everybody constantly putting me down all the time. And there were people doing it on both sides of my family, you know, and even into adulthood that kept happening for the longest time till I finally told them, you know, they needed to treat me well and with respect, or I couldn't mentally or emotionally be around them anymore because it wasn't healthy for me. Um, And so, you know, if someone's constantly doing acts of service for you when your primary love language is words of affirmation, 
but they're not speaking the words of affirmation or worse yet, they're speaking the opposite of words of affirmation that can really kind of emotionally and mentally tear you down if you're not careful, if you let it. But, you know, if you have a spouse whose love language is words of affirmation, um, try really hard to encourage them with positive things about themselves. Um, and sometimes people will be like, um, I had someone one time tell me that, um, you, you just want to be praised all the time. And that person who said that to me, they obviously didn't have a clue. They didn't understand that words of affirmation was my primary love language. It's not that we want to be praised all the time. It's what God, it's who God made us. He made us to value and appreciate that above just about everything else. And um, sometimes as Christians, we're made feel guilty, I feel, because, you know, well, you should be praising God and not boasting in yourself. And it's okay to celebrate um, yourself sometimes because when you celebrate yourself, you are celebrating God because you're celebrating God's masterpiece and you are one of his masterpieces. So that's words of affirmation. If you have um, a spouse or a partner whose primary love language is um, is acts of service, for example, but yours is gift giving, and this one to me isn't as blatant. Um, this is actually my primary love language, but um, <laughs> financially I've struggled off and on for years, and so I've just learned to live without it basically and deal with not having it, but gift giving. Um, if you're constantly helping your spouse, but you're never giving them gifts and that's their primary love language, your relationship's going to suffer a little. It's not going to be as good as it could be because you're not speaking to them in their love language of gift giving. And gift giving doesn't always have to cost money. I mean, a gift to some people could be a hug, even though that's physical touch. It could be a beautiful handwritten note, a it's just the thought that counts. It really is the thought that counts. Now, gift giving um, people with that primary love language, obviously they do want to receive and give gifts that actually cost a little mon money once in a while, because that means you not only thought about the person, you not only took the time for that person, you not only cared about the person, but you invested in that person and, and you're showing with tangible proof that you love them and you care about them. It's not that they're materialistic so much as it is that they want to be valued, appreciated, and loved. And that's how they feel the most valued, the most appreciated, or the most loved. And if your uh, partner spouse or spouse has the main primary love language of acts of service, but your love language is physical touch, you're going to be very frustrated, I have a feeling, because you're just going to be like, stop cleaning, stop doing laundry and come spend time with me. Well, that's time. But you're going to be like, stop cleaning and stop, you know, doing laundry and stop running errands and stop doing this and stop doing that and come hold me and come hug me. And, and you know, if that's your love language, physical touch, the same thing with quality time, you're going to be like, stop doing all those things and come sit down with me. You know, I remember years ago, and our love languages can change over time as we grow with the years, but years ago, quality time was one of my primary love languages. And it's still up there pretty high, but I kind of have a mix, to be honest. But um, 
I remember saying, just sit down, stop moving and sit down with me, <laughs> you know, um, even if it was just sitting down to watch a movie together, to me, that was spending quality time with me. And um, which one did I not say? Acts of service, words of affirmation, gift giving, quality time, and physical touch. Acts of service, words of affirmation, gift giving, quality time, and act. I guess, I guess I did all of them. So yeah, I guess my point here is it's great if you know your primary love language and that's wonderful and you should, and you should be spoken to in that. But I feel like it's more important and even more important that you know your spouse's primary love language and try to speak to them in that as well. Let's all not be so self-centered and selfish and self-focused and let's try to put the needs and interests of others above our own. And that is going to help us all to be just a little happier. Obviously, uh, Matthew 6.33, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. That should be our first goal. But um, if speaking in into relationships also, um, you know, we're going to all be a lot happier if we're trying to please each other. And um, a lot of marriages or people who get married, they think, oh, we need to be 50-50. I personally do not agree with that at all. Um, we used to be ministers for family life and help uh, do weekends to remember. And one of the things that those marriage um, workshops and um, classes or courses taught was don't be 50-50. Don't have that attitude in your marriage. You each should be doing, you know, 110% or feel like you're doing 110%. And that's the way you're going to make each other happy. Now, obviously, this does not apply in the case of abuse because the victim is usually already doing that. But I'm talking about for healthy marriages here. So I hope this is a blessing. And, um, you know, maybe you can try to, if you don't already know, um, read Gary Small, Gary Smart, Gary Chapman, excuse me, Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Figure out what your spouse or your partner's love language is and try to speak to them in that language. Um, there's another book I recommend also real quickly before I sign off here. Um, I don't remember the author's name right now, but it's called The Love Dare. And it's a really good book, um, especially for struggling marriages or relationships, not in the case of abuse. Again, not in the case of abuse. Abuse is its own dynamic, its own nuance, um, its own counseling type. Um, but this is just kind of an aside from what I usually post And that Love Dare is a really good book as well. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. God bless you. I love you, but remember Jesus loves you more. Until next time.